Hi, it's Scott Hamilton, Brockfile, back with another podcast review for your ears. This time a review of another movie that I had never heard of before I watched it, the 2017 British movie, The Hippopotamus. Yeah, that's what I said when I heard the title. Um, Walking through the house, my roommate goes, hey, I've never heard of this movie before, but it's based on a novel by Stephen Fry. Had to look it up. Stephen Fry wrote this book back in 1994. They finally made a movie out of it. Um... And it didn't look like anything I was interested in, to be perfectly honest. And I I said, well, you know, it's been a long day. I could probably relax with a movie. Uh, Sure. So we put the dogs on the couch and we sat down and we watched the movie. Um, I liked it. I liked it a whole lot, as a matter of fact. Um, If you're not familiar with Stephen Fry, go look him up. He's very funny and incredibly smart. He has this incredible vocabulary that when he writes a book or or, or speaks, it just it it flows. It's just beautiful. And he's British, and this is a very British movie that was filmed back in 2015 but wasn't released till 2017. And basically about a failed poet who... uh, He's asked to go to his friend's country manor and investigate a series of unexplained miracles. Right? <laughs> Sounds interesting. Uh, Roger Allen plays Ted Wallace. He's the the failed poet who basically drinks and sits in a bathtub and, and reviews things. And he's pretty, not, not the best person, I guess. But uh, there's a great scene towards the very beginning of the film when he's watching a, a theatrical production. And he just can't keep his comments to himself. And, of course, the audience around him hates for what he's saying. And he eventually gets the ire of the people on stage. And one of the buff dudes uh, jumps out and climbs across the uh, seats to try and punch him. Um, Ron Glenn is in this movie, Andrew Alexander, um, uh, Fiona Shaw, uh, and and Matthew Modine. Really didn't expect him to pop up in this film either. But so basically, um, his goddaughter, Jane, comes to him and pays him a lot of money to investigate these miracles. She seems to be recovering from leukemia and she would like an explanation for why that's happening. And it turns out, and you don't find out till over halfway through the movie, that he and Matthew Modine, who is the head of the family, who owns this, he calls it a fiefdom, where he's got, you know, it's one of these giant uh, mansions with the giant acres and acres of yards and a team of people that work for him and things like that. And... Um, as he gets in this, uh, you don't really know why he's there or why he and Matthew Modine's character are not tight anymore. So you kind of have to just go along with the movie, and he doesn't really know what he's investigating in the beginning. She gives him no details about what he's supposed to find at the house. He's just supposed to find it and see it for himself. And they communicate during his first few days at this incredible manner. Um And he says, I don't know what I'm looking for. And she goes, you'll know it when you see it. And so some things happen in the movie, and I'm not going to get into spoilers, as I don't like to, but we see some evidence of maybe there is some kind of healing going on here, and maybe someone is responsible for it. And the rest of the movie plays out where we see kind of mounting evidence that this may be true, but um, Ted is one of those curmudgeon-y crouchy kind of guys and he doesn't believe it from the get-go and maybe he starts believing it at some point or not but he kind of gives up drinking for a while and the one thing I can say about the movie is um, again like the last movie I reviewed the pilgrimage um, or just pilgrimage 
doesn't really have this crowd-pleasing ending, but it has an intellectually pleasing ending, if that makes any sense. The movie is a drama. There isn't a whole lot of action in it. It's a drama comedy. The dialogue is what I would watch it for again. The dialogue is incredible. Uh, when the character of Ted opens up his mouth, it just wonderful words come out. Um, wow. I mean... But he's playing a poet, so everything he says should be kind of poetic. And there's a scene early on in the movie where somebody puts him on the spot and goes, give me a poem right now. And so he makes up a dirty limerick, and it's actually pretty good, but he makes it up on the spot, and it gives you a little in interest in the character. But as you as you go through it, you find out that he hasn't really written a whole lot lately, and, and all this plays into how the movie ends. Um it is a good drama. Acting all around is fantastic. It was shot on location um, in the United Kingdom. It looks beautiful. Um, really don't know why it's named what it's named till the very end, so I can't tell you. But if you're a fan of Stephen Fry and haven't read the book or haven't watched this movie, jump on it immediately. It, it is definitely something uh, that Stephen Fry fans, even though he had nothing, it seems that he had nothing to do with the movie. He wasn't listed as a producer. He didn't write the script. Um so I, I think they just picked the book and, and made a movie. Hopefully, he gave it its blessing. Uh, Tim, my roommate, is going to pick up the book and, and listen to it. It's probably read by Stephen Fry, actually, because he tends to narrate his own novels. Um, but the guy they got, to, Roger Allen, you've seen him in other movies, he does a great job playing this character and basically channeling Stephen Fry. Um, Roger Allen was in Game of Thrones, uh, he was in Speed Racer. I had to look that up. He was even in V for Vendetta. And he's been nominated four times for the Laurence Olivier Award for Best Actor, winning it twice. So he's quite the actor and does a, a great job playing this boozy, uh, down-on-his-luck poet who just can't find his muse, so to speak. And by the end of the movie, like I said, it doesn't have an ending that you expect, but the very, very end is like I found uh, completely intellectually satisfying that, oh, okay, I, I get it now. All right. Um, this, unlike Pilgrimage, may not be one I would add to my collection because I don't know how many rewatches I would get out of it other than if somebody says, man, I just want a good movie with some great dialogue in it, some well-written dialogue uh, performed very professionally, very well in a movie. This is one of those kind of movies where the, the dialogue just drips off the, the lips of the people and it's beautiful and, and it does go into some... Slightly controversial areas uh, with sex and human nature stuff mentioned and whatever, and but it doesn't earn much of an R rating except through language. Now, there's no real nudity or, or the sexual situations would have probably been fine in a PG-13 movie, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Wow, what you can get away with in today's standards in a PG-13 movie, other than a, uh, that, that you know the F word, but. Anyway, long story short, The Hippopotamus was a, a big surprise because, again, I sat down thinking this is not a movie I'm in the mood to watch tonight. I, I was ready to pick a Bruce Lee movie or something incredibly violent just to wash the, the day off me and the, and the day on social media and that kind of stuff. But this one did transport me to another time and place. Uh, it does take place in modern times, but um, it's funny. It's humorous. It's very intelligent. Uh, it's an interesting drama. If you can check out The Hippopotamus, this 2017 
British movie. I think if you're a fan of Stephen Fry, you will love it. And I think if you're a fan of uh, British movies with great dialogue, you'll like it a lot. It, it, it was a, a, a great watch and and watched both this and The Pilgrimage on the same night and was just blown away by, these are two movies I never even heard of and they're both really good. That is another thing that I've mentioned in several podcasts that's been great about, um, and, I, and I hate to say anything great about the last year that we've been through, but having to stay home and having to like go back into my collection and go back into streaming services to find other things to watch because there isn't that much stuff being produced, I've unearthed some gems and, and some things that I reevaluated that I really liked or some things like this that I discovered that I really like. And so I would call that the silver lining through all the crap we've been through in the last year. But The Hippopotamus is available on streaming services. I would check it out if you are a fan of the aforementioned things, including Stephen Fry. It was very entertaining. Scott Hamilton, I'm Rockfile. My website is therockfile.com. It's got all my links. Please share, like, and subscribe. And thank you very much for listening.